Jesus is king. Okay, I'm going to draw straight away tonight, guys, because that's just how we do it. Um, I'm going to draw some agricultural stuff, yeah? I don't know anything about agriculture, except what Jesus has taught me. So let's, this will be interesting. Um, oh, is that what you said, Janine? Thank you, Karis. You're a legend. Anyone know, anyone know what this is so far? Crossroads, a T, an aqueduct. So bad. You're the, you're the closest. It's actually, um, you guys know when you go to a vineyard and you see vines, how do they grow? They go like up and then they go across and then all the grapes and stuff hang this way. Um, yeah, so I'm just going to draw little branches and crap. Oh, this is terrible. You get the idea. What? No, <laughs> 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 kind of looks like a dragon tail or something, hey? No, it does not. <laughs> I'm trying. I'm trying. Thank you so much, guys. Um, oh, crap. That's the wrong drawing. I was supposed to draw something else. Seriously, my bad. Just keep that in mind for later. Um, my bad. Okay. This is, Jimmy. no, <laughs> Jimmy was last week. This is Sophie. Nice. Yeah. She's pretty cool. Yeah, Sophie. I don't know what Yas Queen is, so. This is so, <laughs> looks like a guy with a wig, but that's cool. Um, actually, no. <laughs> I thought if you draw eyelashes, it looks more like a girl, but now she just looks like a ghost. So, um, so Sophie is best friends with Penny. Yeah? Penny. So this is Penny over here. Amber, help me with these names. Thanks, Amber. I'm not good with names. <laughs> okay. So one night, Sophie and Penny are hanging out. They're best friends. And Sophie, she's a bit of a cool girl. She actually brings along to hang out with Penny two boys, okay? Two boys. Um, I'll just quickly draw them. Don't waste your time. Jimmy? No, not Jimmy. J Dude, Jimmy's gone. Move on from Jimmy. Um, no, he didn't die. He's just gone to heaven. Um, <laughs> I run out of room, so they've got to be shorter. But that, okay, they're actually the same height as her, but they're just further back. Yeah? Okay. Um, so, this is Sophie. And this is Penny. And Penny and uh, Sophie are hanging out. Sophie goes, hey, Penny, I want you to meet my two friends, Ruben, yeah, and Stanley. Yeah. Um, so, Ruben, Ruben is quite cool, yeah? He's kind of stylish. He's kind of he, he knows what's going on socially. He's uh, he's quick on his on his feet. He's just he's just a cool guy. You know what I'm saying? A little bit like me. If you're struggling to picture it, um, just kidding. Stan Stanley, 
he's a sweetheart, but he ain't that cool, yeah? He's, uh, he doesn't always know the right things to say. He doesn't really know how to say it. He's a little bit awkward, he's a little bit slower, not quite as, uh, you know, up to the pace of Reuben. And Sophie, as they're hanging out throughout the night and whatever, says to Penny, hey, Penny, kind of awkward situation going on here. And Penny goes, what, does one of them like you? And she goes, no, both of them like me. And Penny goes, oh, dang, okay, what are you gonna do? They both like you. That's so awkward. And then, and, and then Penny goes to Sophie, Sophie, who, who are you more drawn to? And she's like, Reuben. To be honest, Reuben, he's just cooler. I just like his vibe, I like his style, I like everything about him. And then Penny goes, what about Stanley? Like, I just, I just have this feeling about Stanley that he's just like, I know he's not as cool. Like, I can tell straight away, he's not as cool, not as stylish, whatever. But there's just something about him that's just a bit more, I don't know what it is. It's just, he's just more peaceful or something. And so if he goes, yeah, right, whatever. I'm going to go with Ruben. And so they, they start going out. They go out for, let's say, um, it's not a real story, obviously, guys. Um, they go out for four months. It crashes and it burns. Um, Sophie comes back to Penny and says, Penny, what the heck happened? I probably should have listened to you. I should have gone out with Stanley. Like, but wh why did you, how did you know that? How did you know that Stanley was going to be better for me than Reuben? Yeah? And Penny quotes Jesus himself and says, a tree is known by its fruit. Yeah? A tree is known by its fruit. So how do you know when you see an apple tree? It has apples on it, yeah? And oranges, same thing. You don't get oranges on an apple tree and vice versa. It doesn't make any sense. Um, a tree is known by its fruit. So Penny starts to share with Sophie the kingdom of God and how it works and how what fruit actually is. And she says that Reuben carried this like vibe that he was just kind of in love with himself. Like, yeah, he was cool and yeah, he was stylish and yeah, he was all these different things, but he knew about it and that gave him a sense of strength and identity. That's not good fruit, Sophie. But Stanley, although he couldn't carry himself as well as Reuben socially, he was just honest. He was just himself. He was just peaceful and you could, you could kind of feel a bit more, like you could be yourself around him. He was a bit more, a bit more trustworthy. You guys following? Does that make sense? Yeah. yeah. Anyway. So that's my story for you guys. Horribly drawn as usual. Actually worse than last week, so I'm getting worse. Um, but you get the point. Jesus is king. Okay, so the reason I tell this hilarious story over here um, is that the Bible uses these terms of fruit, tree, seeds, farming analogies really, to describe God's goal as he works himself into humanity. Does that make sense? So he takes a concept that you see in nature and he goes, yeah, so take that same concept of planting a little seed in the dirt, watering it, sunlight and feeding it and it will grow. And he goes, take that concept and apply it to how me and you work. Cause you can't see how me and you work cause it's by faith that we live, yeah? But if you look at that analogy, you can understand us. So God's goal is to produce good fruit in humans and fruit that will last. Now, if you're like, Nath, what the heck are you talking about? You're speaking Christianese, I don't get it. Fruit equals this, Galatians 5.22, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, 
all the things humans all want, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. So God's goal with humanity is to work all those things to within humans so that they become those things. Not that they try and go, I've got to be patient, I've got to be patient, I've got to be patient, I've got to be patient. They just are patient because they've become an element of who God is because God is patient and God is joyful and God is love. Does that make sense? So really he's working himself into humans. He wants to live through humans. And what, what, what his language is for that is, I want to produce good fruit in you. It's just, it's just an analogy. It's just to help you understand this invisible spiritual thing that you cannot see. And now you can understand it just a bit better because you have something to compare it to in the physical world. It's cool. Um, so fruit is all those things I just said. But fruit in your life is not necessarily your actions, right? Um, is actually more the purity behind why you do the actions. That's the good fruit. So, um, yeah, because you can do actions for any number of wrong reasons, right? So people are not known by their actions. People are known by their fruit. Let me give you an example, right? It's kind of cool and trending at the moment if you are selling a product on your, on your website, on your brand, that is eco-friendly, uh, biodegradable, Organic, not Tesla animals, vegan, da, 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 all these things. That is a selling point. People want to buy products that have those selling points, right? So a company could take two different approaches towards this. They could go, look, okay, our consumer base really wants these things in their product. Let's just go and find a product that's, you know, not Tesla animals, like biodegradable, eco-friendly, all that sort of stuff. And then we'll put it on a website and everyone will know that they can buy our products, right? That's one way you could go. Or you could go, dang. We've come so far in humanity that there's so many of us, there's so many businesses and the Western world has grown so far with industrialization. And man, it's, it's taken such a big impact on the world. Man, let's just do our bit. Let's just go out and find a product that's actually gonna help someone, actually help the world. Yeah, we can slap it on the website. People like to know about that stuff. But when, see, see the difference there? One's going out there to try and make money <laughs> by being environmentally friendly. The other is going out there doing the exact same thing, but for completely different reasons. One is, one is bad fruit, one is good fruit. The action doesn't tell you what it is, the heart behind it does. Does that make sense? So God is trying to work the heart behind actions into humans. That is what good fruit is. Make sense? Cool. Um, yeah, Jesus, okay. So you guys want to know how God puts good fruit in people? Anyone curious? Anyone like, yeah, I want some good fruit. Chuck, chuck us some good fruit, Jesus. Um, well, it's the same way. <laughs> Thanks, Danny. Um, always feel encouraged by your laughs. Um, it's the same way in real life. If you want to get some good fruit, what are you going to do in real life? Buy it from the store. <laughs> <laughs> nice. That's, that's average fruit, you know? You, if you want the good stuff, you got to... Plant it yourself. Sorry. Grow it yourself. No, no, it's, it's fine, Jenny. Um, so this, this is what God does, right? This is cool. It's going to blow your minds. If we want to get good fruit in real life, we plant a seed, right? We water it, sunlight, all that, all that, all that good stuff. G, uh, God does the exact same thing as well. He plants a seed in your heart. And do you guys know what the seed is that he plants? 
The Word, yeah. Has another name as well. Jesus. You say, you say that? Yeah. Jesus is the seed. Jesus is always the answer. Just yell at Jesus, you'll be right. Um, <laughs> so Jesus is called the seed, right? So in Genesis, when, when, when man ate the fruit and disobeyed God and sin came into the world, um, God prophesies to, um, towards the future and says, I will put enmity between you and the woman. So he's talking to Satan. He's going, I will put enmity between you and the woman um, and between your seed and her seed. He will crush your head. So the seed is a he. He will crush your head and you will strike his heel. So this is a one powerful seed, yeah? Um, so that's Jesus. So that's God. That's the first prophecy about Jesus. Um, that this seed from the woman, not the seeds, not plural, singular, one person, seed will crush his head and you will strike his heel. Um, it says again, 1 Peter 1, 23, you have been born again, not of perishable seed, but of imperishable, right? So that's Jesus. And Galatians 3, 16, and the promises that were spoken to Abraham and to his seed, notice singular, scripture does not say and to seeds, meaning many people, but to and your seed, meaning one person, person who is Jesus. So you guys get it? Jesus is the seed. So God plants Jesus in you. Make sense? <laughs> God plants the Jesus seed in you. So what happens when you plant a seed? Hopefully it starts to, to grow. So Jesus is growing in you. I'm not going to take the analogy way too far like you can sometimes, but this is actually all biblical. God plants Jesus in you and then Jesus starts to form in you. So you're renewed day by day into the image of Christ, right? Day by day, as you keep walking with Jesus and you remain in Him, you become like Him. You have the exact same nature as Him. He puts Himself inside of you. So there's no grounds to boast because it's just Jesus becoming more and more alive in you as good fruit starts to come out. Make sense? Something like, oh, Nathan, you're so patient. You're Nathan, you're so this. It's like, no, it's actually Jesus becoming more and more formed in me. That makes sense? I'm confused. What's confusing? Like, when you say in, what is that? I don't know. Is this... Yeah, I guess it is a bit confusing. Yeah. But uh, Jesus in the Spirit is connected with you and living inside of you and living through you. You and Him are joined. One. Same nature. You know what I'm saying? So as you live, he lives. As he lives, you live. You speak, he speaks. He speaks, you speak. That makes sense? It's a connection that God's drawing. Um, hopefully it makes more sense as we keep going. Um, so God puts his seed inside of you um, when you believe his message and join yourself with Jesus. So this is even the same imagery of sex, right? The man's seed goes inside the woman, right? And then life comes. Why did it work like that? Well, because God is trying to tell you something through the way that nature is organized. And that's what he is like. You guys know what I'm saying? Sex and intimacy, it points back to Jesus. It's not an end to itself. <laughs> um, so he's planted inside your heart and Jesus begins to grow inside of you as you are day by day renewed. That's 2 Corinthians 4. And transformed by the renewing of your mind. So there's a bit of a process here. That's Romans 12. So each day as you walk in him, you just manifest more and more and more of Jesus. You don't go backwards unless you remove yourself from that environment which you totally can you have that free will to do so but if you don't then you're growing make sense even if it feels like you're going back but you know you haven't removed yourself you're actually going forward you are growing and forming more and more into jesus um yeah so as jesus is formed more and more in you as he lives in you as he lives your life 
and his life through you, you will start to naturally, without trying, produce good fruit. Make sense? You don't have to try and go, man, I'm just so impatient. I just, this person frustrates me so much. Okay, I've got to be patient. 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 I'm a good Christian. I've got to be like Jesus. You don't do that. It's silly. It actually takes you out of the entire process because now you're not remaining in Jesus. You're trying to work to be like him. It's the opposite. <laughs> so you just remain in him. It's actually really simple. It's actually way better. Um, yeah. You produce fruit out of your natural life because you are connected to the vine. You are connected to the vine. That's why, yeah, we'll get there in a sec. Um, <laughs> who is Jesus? So Jesus is the vine. He's the seed, but he's also the vine. Jesus is heaps of things in the Bible. Um, he's like the lion and the lamb and the seed and the vine and the door and everything. Um, he's awesome. Um, <laughs> one analogy wasn't enough. You need like 50. Um, <laughs> as, as the branch cannot bear fruit by itself, so this branch here, it cannot possibly produce fruit by itself. So if I take this branch here and I cut it off and I put it down here, is it going to produce fruit? No, it's going to die. Because life is in the, is in the branch, uh, sorry, in the, uh, in the vine. And then it flows through into the branch, which flows through into the fruit, and fruit's what you want. <laughs> um, so, yes. As, it, as the branch cannot produce fruit by itself, unless it stays within the vine, neither can you, unless you abide in Jesus. This is Jesus speaking. I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me, which means lives, whoever lives inside of Jesus, Jesus lives inside of you, you live inside of him, you are connected, you are one in spirit. Um, Jesus says, he it is that bears much fruit. Much fruit and fruit that will last. Um, pretty freaking cool, in my opinion, that God created nature to point us back to how he, he, he interacts with us. Like, I'm obsessed with this topic. I think it is so... So cool. You can just learn so much just by walking through a forest. Just say, God, teach me. Teach me about you. And you go, see that? That's me up there. It's just a bird or something. I don't know. You guys get what I'm saying. Um, he'll somehow point a bird back to him. You watch. He does it. Um, <laughs> okay, so why are we talking about this? Why are we talking about fruit, Nate? I suppose we're talking about trials. I'm in a trial right now. Help me. Okay, so last week we spoke about trials and why you shouldn't be surprised if you find yourself in one because it's just life. Life's hard, okay? If you want to know more about that, go listen to last week. In fact, you should definitely listen to last week before you listen to this week, if you can. Um, so what does fruit have to do with trials? Let, if you have your Bibles, flip it. If you don't, don't be condemned. You can just cruise. Or you can Google it, I guess. Uh, flip it open to John 15. I stole Amber's Bible, so she doesn't have one. <laughs> My Bible's cool, actually. Amber's Bible's cool. It's got NIV here, uh, NIV, NIV here, and a message here. And you can read both at the same time. How cool is that? That's why it's so thick. Anyway. John 15, yeah? Cool. John 15. It's probably about 90% through your Bible, if you're struggling to find it at, near the end. Um... Okay, John 15, verse 1. Jesus, this is Jesus speaking. Jesus says, I am the true vine, and my Father is the gardener. So now we have another analogy. We've got Jesus as the true vine, 
And we got, let's go blue. We got God. He can be... He's a king, yeah? Get it? That's God. Um, <laughs> we try, we try. Um, he is... Um, hey, draw hands again. That'll do. Get it? God. <laughs> Jesus goes, I'm the vine. I'm this thing here. Right? I'm this thing. Giving life to this whole plant. And my father is the vine keeper, the gardener, the vine dresser. Different translations say different things. Um, yeah. So, the, what this actually means is that God is building his church right he's building a bride for his son so the church is the bride of christ um and he's tending to his son the vine and growing him up and putting all things under him and that is his heart for creation so that's that's what um the father's job is and this is what the son's job is son's job is to be the vine and to give life to all people that want life through him and the father tends that right and we'll look at that what that means in a second um yeah, cool. So verse number two says, um, he, that's the father, the gardener, he cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit, while every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes so that it will be even more fruitful. Did you guys hear that? Every branch that does bear fruit, so the good fruit we've been talking about, love, joy, peace, patience, all that good stuff, he prunes it or cleans it is another word, so that it will be even more fruitful. Okay, so in uh, I, I had to YouTube this because I don't know anything about um, vines and stuff. Pruning, what that means is this. So as, as the vine is growing, it, you're going to have little shoots and little branches come out of the vine. From those little branches, you're going to get the fruit. Now, vines are a bit stupid because they're not very smart. As, as they are growing, Sometimes they will grow far too far and all the energy that's take, that is taken from the vine to sustain that branch has been used up to keep this branch keep growing longer and longer. But because all the energy is used up, it can't produce fruit. So you actually, in farming, in agriculture, you actually have to cut it back to the vine. So you literally cut it like here, not all the way off, but like pretty much right next to the vine. You cut it and then it actually kind of, the energy goes back into the vine and then it's able to produce fruit again. So if you don't do this, it'll just turn, the whole vine will just turn into empty dead branches. You actually have to keep the vine cleaned slash pruned or you will never get fruit from it. That makes sense? Wow. That's not even biblical stuff. It's just, this is life. See, God, God put this analogy into nature to teach us about him. Uh, I think that's pretty cool. Um, yeah. So that's interesting. So when you start to produce fruit in your life, see, I, if I was writing this passage in the Bible, and luckily I'm not, but if I was, I would say, if you're not producing fruit, I'll cut you back. But God says, if you are producing fruit, I'll cut you back. So if you start to produce love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, all the things of the kingdom of God within your life, God goes so great, 
so, so, so great. That glorifies me so much and it makes you so happy. I know it makes you happy, but I got to prune you back to the vine. I got to prune you back to Jesus. I got to cut you back to him because there are some things that are wrong in your life that we need to get sorted. So I'm going to cut you back, cut you back, cut you back, back to Jesus. And you go, it, I'll talk more about this later, but it feels like you're just being like stripped of everything that you have and all you have left is Jesus. And then, and then that's when he starts to speak to you. And that's how he prunes you by speaking. I'll get more, uh, to that more in a sec. Okay. Yeah. Could it be because of our human nature we get too cocky with our... Oh, there's millions of reasons. No, 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 that's, that's 100% true. Because that's exactly right. So if you, if you get too cocky or proud or arrogant or whatever, you start to grow as a branch that produces no fruit. And if you stay that way by not staying in the vine, you actually end up getting cut off because there's no fruit in your life. You've, you've removed yourself from the vine so you don't produce good fruit anymore. You produce the fruit of the world, which is not good fruit. Um, I hope this is not too complicated and you guys are understanding what I'm saying. I know it's a bit like, what are you talking about? Seeds, fruit, cutting vines and stuff. Um, yes. So... It is, it, in terms of a real-life, actual, practical like teaching on this, it is your choice if you want to stay connected to the vine. You can choose that. If you're in a trial, you'll have every temptation thrown at you to not stay in the vine. You'll have all these thoughts come into your head saying, don't believe God, he lied to you. Look at, look at how he's brought you here. You think this is real? This is not real. Stay away from it. Look at the church. It's so hypocritical. What are you doing? You're not happy? Look at this. What is that trying to get you to do? Not remain in the vine. See, all you actually have to do and all I actually did to go from a crap spiritual state that I was in is remain in the vine. That's it. You guys know what I'm saying? Um, yeah. So I told you my story last week and I'm going to keep telling you about it because I left you hanging a little bit. Um, but I got some of you to come back, so that was good. It worked. Um, <laughs> so, Yes. So yeah, as, as I was going, I was going through an awesome spiritual state in my life. So, so damn good. Like it was just bliss every single day for two years straight, right? Um, I loved it. And that's the teaching night was started and it was awesome. Um, but eventually it became apparent because of the trial that I was going through that either I had removed myself from the vine, right? Or I had stopped producing fruit. I can't quite figure out which one it was, but it could be either or a combination of the two. Um, so, uh, God who sees the heart, so God's up in heaven, he's watching me, or actually he's everywhere, but he's watching me. Um, he could see that I was spiritually within my heart, walking away from the path of the kingdom. See, I didn't know it because I was deceived. I was believing things that are not God, right? Um, but I was walking away from him. So in love, he began to prune me. Does that make sense? He began to prune me. He, he actually, and the reason that he prunes is because he saw good fruit coming from my life. This is not a boast, right? Do you get that? It's actually Jesus living through me. So it's no boast. He saw love, joy, peace, patience, etc. All that sort of stuff coming from my life, all the good fruit, which brought him glory and made me happy. But he didn't want to see me spoil that by believing a lie and walking away from him. So what does he do? He actually has to strip you back. Nath, sorry, you walked too far away. You're not producing the good fruit of the kingdom anymore. In fact, you're teaching other people. 
So if you teach other people this stuff, you're going to get them to walk away from the kingdom of God too. And I can't have that. That's what a good loving father does. It's painful. And if you don't understand what's going on, it is so confusing. But it's necessary. You guys understand that? If he doesn't do this, it causes death to people. They start to walk off and build their own religions. That's, that's the walk I was going. You might not have known it, but that's what it was like in my heart. See, God can see my heart. And what, what I was actually at spiritually, I was preaching a lot at this time, like kind of at the end of teaching that, I was preaching a lot on the power of believing. Believing, 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 just believe. And then I went too far with that. This is in hindsight, I realized this. I went too far with that and I was listening to so many like motivational talks. All of a sudden, not listening to sermons anymore. I'm listening to like motivational talks and entrepreneurs and this is how you believe, this is how you power through and have a strong mental mindset. That's dangerous. That's on the kingdom of God. There's elements of that in the kingdom of God, but if you call that the kingdom of God, it's now not the kingdom of God. <laughs> and I was about to call that the kingdom of God. Does that make sense? So God has to intervene. Otherwise, who knows where teaching... What if I just kept going with that? What if, teach, what if you guys believed me? Teaching that could become this crazy, hectic, motivational talk. Yeah, you're a winner. You don't need Jesus. Just believe. I could be doing that. That's horrible. I'm so glad he, he pruned me. Um, <laughs> um, yes, Jesus. So here's the thing. I started to believe all this stuff, right? About, you know, it's all mindset, belief, business, like success, prosperity, whatever. Just believe, believe, believe. Have a strong mind, right? And that's actually, hear me out on this. That is a reasonable conclusion to make if you read some of what Jesus says. Jesus actually does say hectic things. Like if you say to that mountain, go jump in the sea and you believe it will happen, it actually will. Jesus says that. I'm not making it up. He actually, go, he actually says that. So if you read just that and then you saw me preaching out the front, just believe you have the power to do anything, da, 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 da. You'd be like, yeah, it's, that's a fair enough conclusion. But Jesus says so many other things other than that. So you've got to kind of keep it all in balance, right? So... That's the thing about lies, is that usually lies, let me sit back down again, um, usually lies are not random made up theories that have no basis. Usually they are the, the truth warped. They are the truth twisted. There's truth to it. That's why it feels so convincing. And you, that's why it's so easy to believe it, because there's tr true parts to it. That makes sense? So let me give you an example. There's not really like a strong group of people going around saying Jesus was actually a middle-aged woman with one leg named Betsy. It's just, no one's really going to believe that. Where's the evidence for that? Like, it doesn't say that anywhere in the Bible. It doesn't say that anywhere in history, but no one's really going to believe that, right? Does that make sense? It's a stupid example. You get, you get what I'm saying? It's just not very convincing. <laughs> but... People do go around saying that Christians have made Jesus into a God after he died and he never actually claimed to be God because he always spoke about the Father. See how much more convincing that is? I could probably try and convince people of that if I wanted to, even from the Bible. Because Jesus does actually very, doesn't actually say the words, I am God, right? And he does speak a lot about the Father. They see there's truth to this. It's kind of convincing. Yeah, maybe you're right. Oh, dang. It's the same as when... Um, when the enemy lies to Eve in the garden, he doesn't say some random thing like, just do this and you'll, you'll grow wings and fly and be awesome. He's like, no, no, like, you know how God like, made you and he made you good, but he, he's actually keeping something from you. 
So you, you can become more like him. So he takes something and he twists it. It actually sounds kind of right. Yeah, you can become more like him. That, that was good to be like God. That's, what, that's actually what humanity was designed for, to be like God. Satan takes that concept and goes, yeah, but you've got to do it this way. Does that make sense? It's very convincing. That's why truth is it's, it's pretty tricky. It's pretty tricky to know what truth is. You, that, Jesus saying, I am the truth, is very helpful because you can actually see a person made manifest, a life lived, a relationship lived, and you go, ah, oh, I get it. That's what truth looks like. So even if I think I have the right theology, if my life doesn't look like him or is starting to look like him, I'm wrong. <laughs> I'm wrong. <laughs> Simple as that. Um, Jesus. You guys, is it making sense? You guys following? Any, any questions so far? Hope it's making sense. I hope it's not being too confusing. Um, so basically, I started to believe within myself that fullness of life, this is Jesus' words, I believe that the fullness of life, um, oops, lost me notes, um, was found in just having a very, very strong mind that I believed I could do anything despite how untrue anything felt, right? That's, that's what I thought the gospel was. I mean, I didn't actually think that, but I was starting to get there. It's very dangerous, very, very dangerous. So um, <laughs> during this whole time, I, uh, you guys heard of Conor McGregor? Anyone heard of him? Yeah, UFC fighter. So I started to like, <laughs> my wife can testify to this. I started to get really into Conor McGregor because there's so many videos on YouTube of him. He's like a UFC fighter. He's like won all these fights. He had this amazing, you know, rags to riches story and won two belts. It's all these things, right? Um, if you don't know who he is, he, he actually speaks this thing called the law of attraction, which is like, um, whatever I say and believe that's going to happen. So it's taking this kingdom principle that Jesus testifies to and he's using it in sport and, comp and competing, right? So I started to get really into stuff about him on YouTube. Like, guys, if you end up on YouTube listening to someone that's not talking about Jesus, but has like principles of it, but it's kind of twisting it, just slow down and go, frick, how did I get here? Like, maybe there's good stuff that you're getting from it, maybe. But then again, maybe not. Maybe you're believing more what this person on YouTube is saying because it's so convincing than, you're, than you are actually believing the words of the Bible. Make sense? Yeah, so that was hilarious. Um, <laughs> so God, who loves me very, very much and is very glorified through the fruit of my life and is very proud of me for how far me and him have come together in life and maturity, is looking at me going, hmm... Nath is starting to walk down not such a good path and he doesn't even realize it. That's the nature of deception. You don't actually realize you're being deceived. That's why you need to always be hearing from the voice of God, right? Say stuff to God like, God, am I believing lies right now? What, what am I believing that's not in, in your head? Teach me, show me anything. I don't care if I have to start my whole walk again tomorrow. I don't care. Just whatever you say, that's what I want. Have a prayer life, like have a heart like that, that he can say anything, even strange things to you. And you go, what, really? Because you will do that. Anytime your, your, your belief system gets challenged like that, even from God, you'll go, what, really? But then he'll start to show you and confirm it. Oh, this passage, oh, I get it. That person prophesied, oh yeah, I get it, I get it, I get it. Um, and then, and that's how he prunes. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> so, 
Verse number 3, yeah? John 15. Jesus is speaking to his disciples as he says this, and he goes, You, the disciples, are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. Yeah? You are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. So the word clean in verse 3 and the word prunes in verse 2 is guess what? The exact same word. So Jesus could very well be saying, you are already pruned because of the word I, spoke, I have spoken to you. So pruning doesn't necessarily mean that God has come and is just like ravaging your life and destroying you and taking away all the good feelings of the kingdom of God and all that sort of stuff. It just means that he is speaking to you in such a way that it challenges your current belief system and is getting you to realign with the kingdom of God because you've walked off. Does that make sense? Yeah? So, okay. I'm going to draw that as well. So, so he speaks. Whoops, I just drew over the tools. The word. So instead of him actually clipping it like I've drawn, he clips it through the word. The word cuts. The word cuts the branch and it prunes it. So let me tell you exactly what that looks like in life. Um, God's word, these words right here, the word of God, and Jesus is the word of God made manifest, so he's the same as this. Him and Je Jesus and, and this book are the same in substance. Jesus is the word. Um, yeah, God's word is intended to point us towards truth. So if you feel lost in this world of like so many different perspectives and opinions and religions and ideas and ideologies and theologies and even within the church, there's a billion different ways to think and act and behave and all this sort of stuff. It's confusing. Yeah, God goes, yeah, it's confusing. So you need the word of God to point you towards truth. And then you go, Nath, but there's so many different ways to interpret the word of God. That's why you need the Holy Spirit. See, the Pharisees had the scriptures, right? They memorized them. Did they know truth? No, they did not know truth because they did not remain in God. They did not listen to his voice. They did not hear his heart. So when Jesus comes along and is, is, is the word made manifest, he looks completely different to the people who have been memorizing the scriptures for hundreds of years. It means, guys, the Bible is not enough. <laughs> Ever heard a preacher say that before? The Bible is actually not enough. It's not intended to be read without Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit is intended to, is, he's, he's the spirit to guide you into all truth. That's what Jesus says guides you into all truth and he'll guide you through this book he wrote it so you can ask him say god i don't get verse number five and he goes cool i'll teach you i wrote it <laughs> it's awesome and that's how you grow in relationship with him because you're talking he talks to you you talk back just like humans right that's how we grow in with each other um so what what god's word intends to do is he wants to take our desires our dreams our longings, our pains, our frustrations, our theories, and he wants to redirect them towards the kingdom of God and the way it does things, which comes from God's heart himself, because he's trying to make many versions of himself, right? So let me give you an example of this. So in Luke 9:53, Jesus goes to this town, starts preaching the, uh, the good news of the kingdom, and that town does not believe what Jesus says. So, um, this is what Luke 9.53 says. 
And when his disciples, James and John, saw it, that they didn't believe, they said, Lord, would you like us to tell fire to come down from heaven and consume them? (laughs) And then it says, but he turned to them. So Jesus turned to them and rebuked them and said, you do not know what manner of spirit you are of. For the Son of Man came not to destroy people's lives, but to save them, right? So first of all, that means that people walking around with Jesus thought that they could genuinely call down fire from heaven and consume who they wanted. So there must have been some sort of atmosphere around Jesus that's like powerful. Who thinks like that? Hey God, can we uh, call fire down from those, uh, on the people over there? Why would you even ask that question? That's a ridiculous question, but they asked it. And you know what? You, when, you, when the disciples ask a bad question, he usually just ignores them. But when they ask a question that's not necessarily great, but it has a good uh, heart behind it or a good uh, potential truth behind it, he does answer it, but he redirects them. Guys, James and John, your desire for power is good. Your desire for bringing about justice is good, but the way you are doing it is bad. So you're kind of on the right track, but you're also not. So Jesus goes, you don't even know what manner of spirit you are of right now. Um, Let me redirect you. The son of man, him, did not come to destroy people's lives. So your desire to bring about this wrath of God in this way right now, is actually not the plan that I'm on. And so what's he he doing? He's pruning. That's great. The branch grew out, but there's actually no fruit at the end. You don't have love in your life. You want to destroy people because they don't agree with you. (laughs) Jesus goes, snip, cut you back to the vine. That's not how I do it. That's not how the vine works. Make sense? Another example. This one's hilarious. Peter starts to rebuke Jesus. Not a good idea ever, Peter. Um, Jesus starts saying he's going to go and get crucified and then, um, you know, handed over to men and flogged and whatever. And Peter goes, Lord, you're wrong. This will never happen to you. I'll never let this happen to you. Trying to be all brave and honoring to the, the Lord Jesus. Jesus turns around, and, turns around and goes, get behind me, Satan. Okay. Peter's desire to honor the Lord is good. Peter's desire to see Jesus not crucified is good. Who the heck would want to see one of their best friends crucified? That's a good thing, right? But the way he went, went, around, went about this was wrong. In fact, it was so wrong, Jesus had to call him Satan. Jesus, uh, Peter, you've grown so far from the vine, no fruit whatsoever, you almost look like Satan. So get behind <laughs> me. Snip. Pruned. <laughs> Hashtag pruned. <laughs> um, another one. The disciples just like, they're just so funny. They're so just like silly. Like there's actually smarter people in the Gospels where Jesus doesn't pick them. He picks like these disciples that are just like, they're kind of dumb. <laughs> At one point, they start arguing over who among them is the greatest and who's going to sit at the right hand of God in the kingdom of heaven. Like I said, Jesus ignores bad questions. So when it's a good question, he actually tries to redirect it. So Jesus, um, he reforms their way of thinking. He doesn't say, your desire for greatness is bad. Oh, you're so proud. You shouldn't want that. Be a good religious boy and just be humble. Never says anything like that. Your desire for greatness is good. You were actually created for greatness. You want to be a king? Cool, I designed you for that. But the way you're trying to go about being a king is so wrong because you're fighting amongst each other. You have no honor amongst each other and kings carry honor. Pruned. You guys know what I'm saying? Jesus says in that that sentence, if you want to 
be served, then you first must serve. So your desire to be served, or maybe not to be, but to, to rule and to lead, it's not a bad thing. You just go about it in a worldly way. So I'm not going to completely re reject you for this. I'm just going to say there's a kingdom of God way of doing it and you're not doing it. Pruned. So when we get to John 15, right? Passage that we're currently reading through. John 15 is the night before Jesus was crucified, right? So, and then, and then Jesus says to his disciples, you're already pruned. You're already clean because of the word I've spoken to you. Three years, three years of Jesus coming to this. Nope, pruned. What about this? No, pruned. Refining, refining, refining. And Jesus goes, now you're clean. Now I can leave. Now the one, it's actually better for me to leave because Holy Spirit's going to come and you know how he works now because I pruned you. You listened to me. You were taught by me. You followed my example. And where you got it wrong, I pruned you. I cut you back to me, the source of life. You guys following? <coughs> Jesus. Yeah, cool. So if you want to get clean status like the disciples, you got to hang around Jesus. And sometimes you've got to be bold and ask a potentially stupid question. Like, can we call down fire on those guys over there? <laughs> you, you'll get some pruning. <laughs> but do you know what pruning does? Is it produces fruit. It's not just the idea of him cutting you back so you're nothing again. The point is so that you grow out again. And this time you produce more fruit. The kingdom is multiplying. So when you plant a, an apple seed in the ground, you can get an apple tree out of that. How many, trees can an, uh, how many apples can an apple tree produce? Hundreds. Hundreds. How many seeds are in an apple? Like eight, ten, I don't know. Potentially, I don't know. So it's 800. So it's multiplication. You got one seed and you turned it into 800. Why did God do it like that? Do you understand? He did not have to do anything the way that it's done. He did it that way for a reason. It's a multiplication. <coughs> Jesus. Yeah, so to be honest, back to my story for a little bit. I don't exactly know what happened with me. Still live to this day. I don't really know what happened in the spirit. So I know something happened because I felt it. My whole... You guys know what I'm saying? When you feel it, something happens in the spirit, you go, what on earth is happening? My heart was in one atmosphere yesterday. It's now in another. You can't put a label on it because you don't get it. You can't see it. And maybe even nothing happened, but you know something's happened. That makes sense? Nothing happened in the physical or even emotionally nothing happened, but spiritually something's just off. Sometimes you can even walk into a room and you just feel, hey, something's spiritually just off here. It's because you're learning to see a kingdom that can't be seen. You cannot see the spiritual kingdom, but by faith. So I don't know what happened to me. I don't know if I was producing fruit and then God had to prune me, or I don't know if I grew out so far that I wasn't producing any fruit at all. And then he really had to prune me. You guys know what I'm saying? Because what it felt like is that, I, that God was gone. That's what it felt like. Because I had this for two years straight. I'm, I'm realizing now that it was the presence of God with me at all times, pretty much. It was not, no effort whatsoever. I could just wake up, I'd be in Jesus. I'd go to sleep, I'd be in Jesus. I'd dream about Jesus. I'd think about Jesus all day. I couldn't think about anything else. That was my experience. That was my life for two years straight. All of a sudden, it's gone. What do you start thinking? What have I done wrong? What's happened to me? God, the enemy's come against me. Maybe. Maybe you just grew so far from Him 
you're now no longer connected to the vine and that should kind of scare you and go crap I need to get back to the vine make sense so if I had to guess what happened to me during that trial and like I said this is a guess I don't know I would say that he withdrew part of his presence to shake me up that there's a presence there's a part of the presence of God that's always around always 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 can never leave but there's levels of his presence so you can feel it more in certain circumstances or stages of your life the more aware of it you are as well or in worship or whatever you can feel it in tons of different things um, there's many levels of his presence I had become very very accustomed to that part of his presence and it hadn't changed in two years so when it was going away I immediately took notice and I started to pay attention to what was happening in the spirit so you guys might have gone through this too you might have been walking good with Jesus everything's great everything's fine everything's joy everything's whatever next minute it's gone so what are you going to do it catches your attention doesn't it and probably probably you'll start to think that you've done something wrong or something wrong has come against you but it may not actually be that it actually could just be God pruning you of course Sorry, I'm speaking a lot. No, no. I was always, I was always under the impression that because God is always with us, that it's actually you yourself that moves away from God. Yes. That things of pride, things of the world, is actually what starts because you're starting to pay more attention to them rather than God, and it's yourself moving away. Yeah. Um, Because, yeah, like I never, I never knew that there was different degrees of God's presence I always just assumed that those different degrees was how much you you were feeling and focusing mm. Mm. That's, see that could be right Kathy. See, that's why I said I'm going to take my best guess mm. based on my experience I don't actually know mm. I do believe that there are different levels of presence like David talks a lot about the presence of God in the Psalms and he says at one point where can I go that I, that I can't be with your presence mm. so in a sense it's everywhere but other times he's craving the presence. David, how can you crave the presence if it's everywhere? So there must be two, at least two, probably more like 500,000 million levels of his presence. And there's like when Jesus says, um, where two or more are gathered in my name, there I am among you. But Jesus goes, I'll be always with you to the end of the age. So Jesus, are you always with us? Or are you only with us when two or more of us are gathered? Both, but it's just different. Make sense? Um, so I don't know. That's a very good, that was a very good thought though, because I think I did do that. I started to walk off into the world and not thinking the kingdom of God anymore, even though thinking that I was. Um, so I think there's elements of both: me removing myself, and then God perhaps removing him, His self as well, just to catch my attention. Nay, something's wrong here. Flashing engine light. That system is broken. You need to pull over. You need to get this thing fixed, right? Yeah. Okay. So what he was trying to do, in hindsight, I can see he was trying to speak to me this whole time. Nath, there's something wrong with you. Nath, there's something wrong with you. I'm going, nah, Jesus got this. I didn't want to leave the presence. I didn't want to leave that emotional, it wasn't an emotional high, but there was such strong emotion to it. The flesh does not want to leave that place. The flesh loves that place. I love that place. You guys know what I'm saying? But he was trying to speak to me time and time again through the still, quiet whisper that you can hear in your heart. Nate, something's wrong. Why do you believe this? Why won't you talk to me about it? Why does it hurt you so much? Why? 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 Why aren't you dealing with it? And I'm just powering through. No, I got this. Jesus, kingdom of God, let's go. Believe, believe, believe. Eventually, you, you crash. 
not listening to God, sorry, you don't get to walk with Him then. You're not listening to Him. You're not, you're not doing things how His kingdom is done. Um, so He was trying to point out bad beliefs in my heart because there were certain parts of Him and His way of doing things that I did not like. But I did not want to talk to Him about that because it made me feel uncomfortable. Make sense? <laughs> um, so I would run away with my faith suppression technique like I was showing you last week. I'm strong, faith, all the while I'm building up death, building up death, building up death. Eventually I got overwhelmed. Um, this is why I'm not exactly sure if it was me stopping producing fruit by removing myself from the vine, taking the branch off, can't produce fruit anymore. Or is that he, he was just pruning me or it was a combination of the two. I don't actually, I don't actually know the answer. Um, but potentially you guys could be in either of those places tonight or none of them, but you could be in either of them. So I'll, kind of, I'll speak about both. Um, yeah. So I was, I was definitely walking down a path that was not the kingdom of God. And um, he also began to work on me straight away by speaking to my heart. So as soon as I was in this bad spot, I was like, oh God, what's happening? What is my life? Where am I going? What, where are you? What's going on? He's right there and he was speaking to me. Because um, that is how he prunes. He speaks to you in a way that's, that's like, Nath, we need to fix this. It's a hard word, but it's a necessary word. Um, so, do you guys want to know how he brought me out of the trial? Yes, so I'm getting please. a bit hot. Yeah? You want to know, Jenny? Yes, please. Okay, let's read number, verse number four and verse number five. Remain in me as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It, rem it must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. So, how do you produce fruit in life? Anyone? Jesus. Jesus says, you must remain in me. When it gets super tough, I've seen so many people go through this. It gets super tough. What's the one thing they do? Remove themselves from the vine. Remove themselves from the vine. They are mad at God. They are confused. They are upset. They are angry. It's literally the one thing you needed to do was keep yourself in the vine and you removed yourself. Now good, good fruit cannot flow through you. The love, joy, peace, patience, which every human on earth craves cannot flow through you. Um, you are not connected to Him. There's no life flowing through you. Um, so when you're in this place of like, crap, I'm not producing the fruit. I'm a Christian. I've been saying I'm a Christian for 15 years. I'm not producing the fruit. I'm not loving. I'm not peace. I'm not patient. I'm, not, I'm certainly not gentle. I have no self-control. I eat food like nothing else. I watch TV all the time. Da, 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 da. What do humans do? They condemn themselves. They feel guilty. Because any expectation you put on yourself, you will compare yourself to that and wonder how you're going all the time. But as you're going better, the expectation just keeps, keeps moving and you're never actually satisfied. You're chasing an endless, unreachable goal and that is called religion. That is not God's system, right? Um, you don't do anything. So if, if, you want, if you want the fruit in your life, if you want to be a peaceful person, a joyful person, you don't do anything to produce that. You just... Remain in Him. No, Nath, it doesn't work. That's not that simple. I've been remaining in Him for 10 years. It doesn't work. I've been trying. I've been trying. I've been trying. See, you're not remaining in Him. That, that in and of itself, the way that you ask that, show that you're not remaining in Him. 
You're trying to get it to happen. Come on, let's get it moving. Kingdom of God, where's the joy? Where's the peace? I've been trying. I've been praying. You just, you just live in Him. That's it. You just live with Him. Live in Him. And you're in a trial right now and it sucks and it's hard and it's brutal and you have no idea what to do. You need to remain. Because that's where He speaks to you. When you remain in Him. You, you can choose to not remain. No one has to remain. Otherwise, it's a prison. You know what I'm saying? Jesus ain't about creating prisons. Just so you know. He's about creating free people. Just by the fact of you trying to work to produce more patience or more self-control in your life, you could be removing yourself from the vine. That makes sense? Nathan, I'm so frustrated. I'm not seeing this kingdom of God manifest. I'm not seeing the joy and peace and everything coming. By the very action that you're taking, you could be removing yourself from Jesus. So just go hang out with Him. And you might battle the thoughts, oh, but it's not effective. And what if He doesn't show up and it doesn't work? J Jesus made it very simple. You just live with Him. You, you chat to anyone here that you, whose life that you admire in Jesus, you chat to anyone whose, whose walk you admire, and they go, so what do you do? Like, what, what, what's the thing in your life? And they go, I, I, it's just Jesus. It's just Jesus. I just, just love Him. You know how people answer like that? And you're just like, oh, it's so frustrating. Just tell me what to freaking do already. <laughs> that's, what, that's what humans want, yeah? Give me the one, two, three, A, B, C. I'll get it done tomorrow. <laughs> Give me some rules here. And they go, no, it's, just, it's not even about the rules. It's just, I, I don't even like try and get this stuff to happen. It just happens. Yeah. It's just Jesus. It's just the nature of the relationship that you have with Him. It's just being with Him. You're just with him and all of a sudden you look back and you go oh my gosh look at that full vine of fruit as far as you can see and I didn't even try I didn't wake up and and start like like resounding over and over again I will be loving today I will love my neighbor I will be patient I will have self-control and I will be gentle over and over again you didn't do that you didn't try you just said Jesus Jesus um, you seriously just have to remain in him and fruit, get this, fruit will naturally come out of your life. And I use the word natural on purpose because it is of your nature. So it can, something can only naturally happen if it's of your nature. So your very nature, your heart, who you are deep, deep, deep down the lowest possible level, the, level the, 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 the core center of who you are, your nature is love, joy, peace, patience, all these things and more. There's more fruit. Anything that, was, that you saw in Jesus' life, that's the good fruit, right? That's who you actually are. So wh wh where I found myself when I was a bit, when I was quite lost, is that I was like, as I, I kind of mentioned to you guys last week, I would seek people out, I need some help, I'm struggling, life's hard, I'm spiritually lost, I have no vision for my life, the peace is gone, I haven't felt peace in months, help me. And they say, Nathan, you need to go and seek God. And I, like I said, it really irked when people said that. I was just like, don't tell me to go seek God, don't want to go seek God until he started to speak to me about the ways in which you can seek God. Because if you're, if you're religious, if you're prone towards being religious, you'll just put a label. Seeking God equals praying. Well, I don't want to pray. 
well, no wonder you're not wanting to seek God. You don't even want to do the one thing that you've labeled it as. You've labeled it as this very, very narrow thing. So what God started to do with me, is he started to ask me, what, what is it that you want to do, Nath? Like, I'm interested, and that really honored me as well. This is, this is him speaking to me, this is him pruning me, right? I'm just sitting there, I'm down, I'm lost, I'm whatever. This is usually late at night, Amber's gone to bed, I'm just cruising on the couch, and he's just speaking to me. And, and he's like, what is it that you want to do? And I'm like, I think I want to watch rain on YouTube. <laughs> Seriously. So I started going on, that's just what I wanted to do. He asked me, so I told him the answer. You got a problem with that? <laughs> so I started YouTubing. <laughs> yeah, I know, because I'm just a weirdo. I'll say some more stuff that I did in a second. That's, maybe you can relate to more. Um, yeah, The Sound of Rain. I've been listening to The Sound of Rain. I just love rain so, so, so much. I know I'm weird, Jules. Don't, don't make fun of me. Um, anyone, anyone gets it? Yeah, rain? Oh, rain is from heaven, I swear. Um, oh, here we go. See, that's another thing. Is that, here's another thing, guys. How do, you, how do you grow a plant? You need to water it. What is water symbolizing? Holy Spirit. Yeah. Every time water is, not every time, but a lot of times that water is mentioned, it's referring to the Holy Spirit. Rivers from living water will flow from your belly. Jesus said that. Talking about the Spirit, right? So the Spirit waters the seed, Jesus, in your heart and you grow. <laughs> and, and light, sunlight, you need sunlight too, right? Light is Jesus. Jesus is the light. So Jesus is somehow the light and the seed growing. I don't know. So you can take it too far if you go crazy with it. But anyway, Jesus is king. Um, so I started, yeah, I started YouTubing rain on YouTube. And I wanted to find a video because I just freaking love the sound of rain. A, a be- like, th- there's so many different variations of rain. So I want to find like an actual good one. Not like one that's like really loud and thundery. I don't want like, I just want like calm, chilled, super just like uh, overcast rain. So eventually I found this video some legend put it up online of like some uh, <laughs> balcony, probably in America or something. It's just like an overcast rainy day looking over a beach and it's just rain. And I would literally just sit there and watch it. It goes for 45 minutes and I'll just watch it. I'll just sit there and watch it. Don't judge me guys, I just, I just love it. I, I, I would just watch it. And then what would, what would God do? He'd speak to me. Finally, I'm in this rested state I'm not trying to be this thing, I'm not trying to measure up to anyone's expectations or even my own expectations. I'm just being with him. I didn't even necessarily know that I was being with him. I was just doing what I wanted to do because he asked me that question. And I said, I'm just going to watch some rain. And so I did. It, uh, it's, it was so awesome. You guys have no idea. Um, and then he's, sorry? Send me the link. Yeah, I, I, if you want. I, legit, I still have it. It's in my, it's in my favorites on YouTube. Um, and then he started asking me, <laughs> What did you say? Teaching night, 45 minutes this week. Yeah. <laughs> that would be awesome. I'd listen to that. Um, I've actually been listening to Rain to get to sleep every night since I was 14. And so that's 15, 15 years. Yeah, so Amber has to put up with it as well. <laughs> it's all right. Yeah, you've, come, you've got used to it. Um, Jesus. So he, he kept asking me these questions. Nate, what is it that you like? Who even are you? Who are you, Nate? I'm like, oh God, I'm, uh, see, um, I'm, the, I'm a child of God and I'm going to come to heaven with you one day, giving him all the bloody religious answers. And he goes, no, no, what is it that you like? I was like, I don't know, you or something? 
what, what do you want to hear? I'll tell you. And, he's, and he just kept pressing in me. No, what is it that you actually feel? Like, are you going to get to heaven and start doing a teaching night? Because just so you know, that's useless when you get here. What are you going to do when you get to heaven? I was like, I don't know. All I've been doing and thinking for the past however many years is just Jesus and ministry and teaching the Bible and whatever. And, and he's like, that, that's got no real use to me once you're with the Word of God. In the oh! <laughs> that's rain. That was awesome. Thanks, Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so good. Almost. It's about one minute late. He'll get better at it, I'm sure. Yeah. Maybe I'm going a bit too fast for him. Um, now, you see how nice is this? Don't you just want to sleep and chill? Yeah. Oh, is it gone? No, it's still there. Cool. Um. So he, he, he started asking me, that's so nice. He, he started asking me, what, is it, what, is, what else do you like? And I was like, I had to kind of remember my childhood, to be honest, because I've been so like mindset focused for however many years. I was like, I think when I was a kid, I just I really liked video games. I just really liked video games. And he's like, how about you, crazy idea I know, crazy idea, go and buy a video game that you like and you play it with me. And I was like, I was so excited when I felt that in my heart. I was like, frick yes, if that's seeking God, I'm gonna go and seek God all day, every day. <laughs> like that sounds awesome. So I went out and bought this game called Zelda. It's like, I've been playing it since I was 11. There's been lots of different Zelda games coming out of, over the years. And it's this game where you've got like a character and he's got like a sword and a bow and arrow and he explores through the world and he kills things and it is so much fun. And the game that's come out just recently or the past couple of years is like one of the biggest open world maps ever and you can just explore. Like I've been playing it for a year and a half now and I've not covered the whole map. Like that's how I play it every now and then and I just cruise. So I would literally, like I said, Amber would go to bed late at night and I would just sit on the couch and I would just play and I'd just be with Jesus. And I wasn't trying to go, God, teach me about um, Philippians 3. Okay, can I kill this guy, whatever. I was just sitting, I, was, I wasn't thinking really anything, whatever. I was just chilling because he asked me to. And then, and then he was like, and then he was like, what else do you like? And I started to find more things that I actually liked and it helped me to understand the true love that he had for me, which is actually how far I had fallen from him because when he started to tell me about the love that he had for me, I didn't believe him. So this is what happened, right? I started to do all these things that I enjoyed and he's going, I love this, I love this. And I'm going, no, but it's not reading the Bible, it's not praying, it's not ministry, it's not all these religious things, right? And I was, and I was riding, to, riding my bike to work on December 7th, 2017. I remember the date because I looked it up the other day because um, I, I mentioned someone about it. And he put this song in my, in my heart. And I, I, I know I'd heard this song before, but I couldn't think of the title or anything. So I, I was driving my bike to work and I got to work and I was like, I gotta, it was like this song was going crazy in my head. And I was like, I ha you know, I get that feeling. It's like, I gotta listen to this song and I gotta listen to it more than once. Um, I, I Googled the lyrics and it ended up being this, um, Hillsong song called Glimmer in the Dust on their Wonder album. Anyone know that al uh, album? Yeah. It's a very good, very good album. And the part that was going over and over in my head 
was uh, this part that goes, I know that you love me. I know that you love me. And at first, I, started, I just really wanted to listen to it, so I just put it on. I wasn't singing or anything. But I literally, I sat there and I worked for eight hours that day and I had it on repeat the whole day. Same song, whole day. And at first, I could not, I literally could not receive what he was saying. I could not receive it. Like, because what, what it would require me to do is believe that he loved me, which I just don't think I did. I preached on the love of God. But when you start walking in religion and you start walking trying to do all these things, you stop believing it. Because as soon as you, st as soon as you stop doing those things because you can't, you can't carry on your ministry anymore, you feel like I'm letting God down. So what do you think? Oh, if I'm letting him down, he doesn't love me. And God's going, hey, what is it that you like? Oh, and also, you know that I love you. You know that I love you. What does that do to a human? That makes you feel very taken care of very secure, very at rest, very at peace. What do you think that did to my heart? That made it the perfect breeding ground for God to plant more of Himself in me, to prune me, to talk to me, to say, Nath, that's not right. That belief is not cool. Nath, you know, you know that I love you. You don't believe that. Did you know that you don't believe that? And I'm just playing video games and listening to these songs that I want to listen to and He's just doing it over and over again. And this was not an instant fix. I wasn't that cool. Now I know that you love me. One day into this thing. No. I had to listen to that song I, probably thousands of times. I don't actually know. I had it on repeat for so many months. I'm not really listening to it much anymore. But it was on repeat every single day. Like not eight hours in a day, but like for a couple of hours sometimes. You know what I'm saying? And do you know what that did for me in my life? It helped me to remain in the vine. It helped me to remain in the vine. I was understanding God's not mad at me. I was coaching myself into thinking, no, don't be mad at God. Just sit with Him and that however long this takes is however long this takes. And like I said to you last week, it took 10 months for me to feel like I was back to myself again, which is a long time. But I was prepared to wait so it would be the real thing. Does that make sense? So if you're in a trial, if you're in a hard place, if you're struggling, just sit, be calm, relax. Don't get mad at God. Don't get mad at church. Don't get mad at Christianity. Don't start justifying your actions. Don't start walking in sin. You know you've ex experienced God and you're struggling to remember what that feels like, but you still know that you experienced it and all you're doing is suppressing it. You're just suppressing it and trying to get it out of your head because it's convicting you. But you actually do believe it. So just keep yourself calm. Keep yourself at peace, at rest. Believe that God loves you for who you are. Do what you want to do, not in sin, but do what you want to do that's not sinful. And just remain in Him. Let Him talk to you. Make your heart this. Make your heart the good soil. You guys know what I'm saying? There's four soils that you can be. You should be soil number four, which is the good soil. Because when the seed gets planted, it produces 30, 60, or even potentially 100 fold in you. You get to choose what soil you are. You can be choked by the thorns of the world if you want. You can be the hard, rocky soil that rejects the message. Or you can be the one where the bird comes in and grabs it, right? Whatever, I can't remember all the soils. Be the deep, 
rich soil that's ready to receive whatever God has to say to you. You're in a tough time right now. That sucks. That's hard. But you must remain in the vine or you cannot produce fruit. God wants to produce fruit in you, but he can't do it. He can't. might sound weird for me to say God can't, but he never forces himself on anyone. He invites. He's an inviter and a persuader. Um, remain in him and he will bring out the fruit of your life again even if you feel like I can't remember what that feels like I can't remember what it feels like to feel joy and to feel peace and to feel safe and to feel self-controlled and gentle and all those things I can't remember what that feels like he will bring it out again I've been there I've been where you don't feel it I've been where there's no fruit that you can see I've been where it feels hopeless and then I'm on the other side calling back to you going, hey, he was actually telling the truth. He's right. You just got to stay in the vine. You just got to stay in the vine. Let God do the gardening. Let God do the pruning. Just leave yourself. You need to keep your heart in this place. He cannot prune you if you don't want to be. Do you know what I'm saying? You need to remain in the vine. That's the point of this talk. If you're in a trial, if you're in a hard time, if you're struggling in your relationship with God, you're spiritually lost and you have no vision and you're, and you're asking God and nothing's happening and whatever, just remain. Just, just remain. It's, peace, it's a peaceful place. But you need to settle this stuff in your heart. Otherwise, you will start to believe the lies of the enemy and you'll walk off and you'll start to justify your actions by saying, oh, those Christians, all oh, that church, oh, God's not, you know what I mean? Everyone needs to feel justified all the time. That's why Jesus is the justifier. Everyone always wants to justify their actions, right? But if you walk off in bitterness, starting to live in sin and justifying it because you're hurt, guess what? You're not in the vine and you will not be in the vine until you decide that you want to be in the vine again. The fruit, the good fruit that lasts in your life will not come through. It can't. Don't waste this trial. If you're in a trial, don't waste it. Use it. God's trying to use it. So how about you just partner with that? Let it become something. Let, it, let this be the start of a new chapter, the next chapter in your life where good stuff is going to happen. God wants to do that. Did you, know that. did you notice that the fruit actually glorifies Him? Guess what that means? He wants to produce the fruit in you. He wants to. You, you think that He's waiting for you to get more patient? You think that he's waiting for you to get more loving and more kind and gentle and whatever? He's going, no, no, no. I just want you to remain in the vine and I'll bring that stuff out. Yeah? Amen? Understand? Any questions? Just a thought. Yes, love um, thoughts. Yeah, like fruit is seasonal too. So yeah, we can put that pressure to always want to see fruit in our lives. Yes. It's a process that, that works towards us being fruitful. Yes. And the pruning is seasonal too. Yeah. That's true. That's true. See, I actually did think about that and I'm not 100% sold on what my thoughts are on that because there's a time when Jesus rebukes the fig tree for not giving him fruit out of the season of figs. And so I remember hearing Bill Johnson say, Jesus is the only one who can expect fruit out of season. So maybe there is a season to it and maybe there's not. And I know there's a, in the actual natural, you need to prune at the right season. That's true. 
I'm just, that's why I wasn't, I'm not 100% sold on my opinions on whether it's like, oh, you can only produce love, joy, and peace in this particular season of your life, and the next one you can't. I know that's not what you're saying, but there is a process to it. Is that what you were kind of saying? Or a seasonality yeah. to... Yeah, I mean, it was a thought. That's what just a thought. Yeah, sorry, sorry, yeah. It's kind of like, um, yeah, it seems to me what I'm saying is we shouldn't get hung up. It's not like, um, I think God, God's always got the ability to be working in something and can be working towards fruit. We can get impatient about not seeing what that fruit is. Yeah. Um, I'm not saying it'll only come at a particular time or not. So yeah. It's like the natural but yeah. the concept of it being processed. And um, yeah, he's God. I guess we mm. can be in season forever, right? Yeah. <laughs> well, I think that's the dream. Yeah. But I think you're right. There is a, there is a particular element to God's timing that is just beyond what I can understand. Like God's timing is always perfect. Maybe for me, 10 months was the perfect amount of time to really come out of it in the right way. Even though I would like it to happen in 10 seconds. Yeah. You guys know what I'm saying? Um, question, yes. How can you be kind to yourself? How do you do that? How can you, How can you be kind to yourself? How can you be kind? Like when you're talking about patience of all the other Yeah. I don't understand that Yeah. Okay, so this is you, Jenny. This one here. You're the branch and you're connected to this one, the vine, Jesus. So you don't have to do anything. You have to just remain and be with Him. And that stuff that you want, the kindness, the love, the joy, the peace, will naturally flow out of you. That's what Jesus says. Does that make sense? It scares me a little bit. Scares you? Yes. It's not scary, I promise. It's fun. Mm. You just got to stay with him. Mm. Can you do that? I, th do. I think you can. Yeah, you're doing great. <laughs> Any more questions, guys? One of the exciting things that I, that I heard from what you were saying yes. is in your time where you felt that God was saying to you, just rest with me and yep. do the things that you love. Yeah. Yes. all the things that you like. So it gives you a sense of value by, by the fact that God accepts what you like. Yeah, you know? 100%. That was one of the most overwhelming things. It was like, you don't just love me for what I bring to the table. Mm -hmm. You just love who I am. Yeah. You one love. Of, one of my hobbies, which my family don't understand, but I, Caleg? I find such peace in yeah. doing puzzles. Oh, puzzles. Mm -hmm. Amber's the same. <laughs> Yeah. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I'm not quite the same thing, but a, a bit yeah. of a cheating way. Um, but it's just so That's cool so to awesome. know that it doesn't matter what you like, he just still accepts you and what you like. 100%. It's just so, it's just real. It's just real love. Like, I'm not, when I'm playing a video game, I'm not performing. Yeah. I'm not trying to earn his love. I'm just like, hey, I want to play this. And he goes, cool, love that you love that actually put that desire in you and now it's coming out because you're accepting it for yourself. Yeah. That's what I wanted. <laughs> and now you're finally doing that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I found that God added back things to me that I had with him as a child. Wow. That I had forgotten about because I got caught in religion. Yes. And they were all wow. things that were really, like, really simple, sweet things I used to do with him when I was a kid. And I, and oh. I thought, well, they weren't ministry, so I actually chucked them all out. Yeah, yeah. yeah. 
Oh, I love that. Yes. Oh, it's so it's cool. Yeah. 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 Yes. I feel, I feel I'm similar. More connected to him outside. Yeah. So if I go, well, I need to be like Joe Bloggs who sits in their prayer room and does all this stuff. Yeah. I'm thinking, oh no, I'm not performing. Yeah. But as soon as I just be who I am with him, he does the same thing. He shows me things yeah. in the environment that best suits how he's created me. Oh, and then I, love I feel that, that connect, heart connection rather than trying to make myself into some morph of an idea that I've come up with. Yeah. That, that Something that you think you need to be. Yeah. 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 He loves who he made each of us so uniquely. Hundred percent. Yeah. We try and mold ourselves into the, this Christian monster thing that we've created in our head. It's a bit like Frankenstein. All these things patched together and, and yeah. Out on, on who made us to be. So true. I, I, that's so similar to my journey. Religion takes away things that are actually good, godly things that he, see you guys, um, that he actually gave to you and worked into you, and then because we believed a lie. It's taken from you. So he restores that. He brings it back to you. I've gone on the same journey. Mm. Things from my childhood that I just naturally did. I wasn't trying to think God or anything. I was just, mm. hey, I like games. I'm going to play some games. That's all I thought. That's all we think. You know what I'm saying? It's just natural. Coming out of my natural heart. God goes, yep, that's a good thing. I put it there. Let's go do that together. I mean, you, you obviously weren't as far away from him as what you thought you were. Because, you know, not many people would actually sit there. Yeah, yeah. True, I, I guess uh, the, the part that made me feel like I was very far away from him was that when he started to tell me the truth, Nathan, you know that I love you, you know that I love you, I found it, I found it very difficult to receive. Mm. found it very difficult to believe. And I'd just been preaching all that stuff for months. Do you know what I mean? So part of me felt very close in a sense and part of me felt very distant. I didn't really know. So when was that situation of you sitting on the lounge? Two, two months into it, into the trial. Right at the start. Yeah. So around January? Uh, it was about uh, December. Yeah. Yeah. And yep. how long did it take for you to come to that place like when you listened um, I think four months. I think between December and April, that's what I did. Just sat there at night and just received. Didn't, no expectation, just cruising. And then April, I remember something shifted in the spirit and I just felt strong again, but it wasn't, it was kind of like I was 80% back there. And then for the next four months, actually it was four months blocks now that I think about it, um, was in August. And um, <laughs> this is so crazy. I was listening to the Braveheart soundtrack. You guys know, you guys know Braveheart? It was just like, I was, I was literally not thinking Jesus, I was working at some random Airbnb in 
was it Scotland? I think it was Scotland. And um, oh yeah, guys, I went traveling last year. If you guys didn't know that, Tra me and Amber went traveling for nine months around the world. It was awesome. I'll talk more about it later. Um, I was there, I was just listening to Braveheart, and then all of a sudden, I was just like thinking Jesus, and then just the spirit just lit me back up again. Cannot explain it. Have no clue. Couldn't have predicted it. No one could have. Don't say you could have because you couldn't have. Listen, <laughs> listening, listening to Braveheart in the middle. Actually, Braveheart in Scotland. That that works. That makes sense. Um, anyway, ra randomness. But uh, yeah, any more questions, comments? Amber, what was it like for you when you saw Nathan do the go through process? Like, what was it like for you? Um, <laughs> it was hard. It was different. So obviously, like for two years, you were pretty like consistent. Mm. Um, and I definitely wanted to help, but I knew that you, yeah, like had your way, and you like are very internal with this stuff. Mm -hmm. So. Yeah. I really do too much, but no, you did. You supported me. You said you can buy Zelda, and I was like, yes. <laughs> <laughs> and that's all I needed. <laughs> that was a good day. Um, no, she she was very helpful. She just encouraged me. Um, she let you be. She did. Yeah, she literally just did. It was awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Hundred percent. Yeah, she's a legend. Wouldn't be here without her. <laughs> Um, all right, let's wrap it up there because Jesus is the king and we've gone for way too long again. So thanks, Jesus.